It, it cools your scalp. Yeah, it feels really good. Okay, so, <laughs> uh, you know what? Let's start it out. Let's start it out. Okay. All right. Is this going to be episode one of of the coming back? Um, I, We could probably just, it's episode 12. Episode 12. Episode Welcome to the new year. Back. It is 2020. 2020. That's, that's actually pretty crazy, man. Yeah, it is. That's crazy. It's, that's so crazy. What's the <laughs> craziest thing show. about it so far? Welcome to life, death, and everything in between. I am your co-host, Jacob. I'm David. And I'm Goodwin. <laughs> yeah, Sound is. guy, Goodwin. Sound guy, Goodwin. I'm very excited about this. I'm, I'm not going to be sound as enthused right now because I've been sick with kidney stones all day. <laughs> And uh, it's just this time of the month. Opiates aren't my friend, <laughs> so uh, they don't like my body, or my body doesn't like opiates. The joke we've been having is Jacob has a period, but it is—it really is about once a month. You just have a few days where your life's screwed. Yep, <laughs> goes right along with that f- <laughs> yeah. femininity test thing that you took. All right. Well, <laughs> let's dog on Jacob while he's in. We're not. I'm not. Pain. No, I wasn't dogging on you. Yeah, all right, I'll get man. to that. I was. Fight me. <laughs> fight him right now. All right. All you hear is. <laughs> uh, so in this episode, we're actually uh, getting into the CIA. Yeah, and so this is going to be a three-parter. Uh, this first episode, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, the precursors to the CIA. We're going to talk about the formation of the CIA, and then we'll talk a little bit about the structure of the CIA. Um, and then we're going to, yeah, in this episode, next episode, we're going to be going into more uh, yeah, we'll, some we'll, crazy shit. Right. We'll get into experimentation that the CIA did. Um, that's going to be MK Ultra. We'll get to that. Third episode, we're going to go over a few of the, uh, few of the, coups that occurred worldwide that CIA certainly played a part in. Uh, well, for now, we're planning to focus on their hand in the Indonesian coups and then the coup in Chile. Um, we might dip it a little bit into Iran. That'd be a good one for, I mean, current events, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Which, who knows when this... So, as, as we're recording, it's uh, January 17th, I think, and... Uh, so at, during current events right now for us it is a uh, possible world war world war 3 with Iran but i mean it things I, have kind of cooled down it, significantly since over the past couple of weeks yeah but uh, yeah I'm, they've changed they've changed well there was a couple days there where we were on high fucking alert and since then, since the the strikes, all the missile strikes, I think things have cooled down a little bit. But, well, and, uh, and unfortunately, helping cool things down was them bringing down that airliner on the way to Ukraine. Uh, yeah, yeah, and you know what? We could probably do a whole episode on the shit that's going on yeah. right now with Iran. Yeah, we could. Um, which it uh, honestly, it's pretty fucking scary. It's something that. 
you know, people are like, oh, like, we don't need to fucking worry about Iran. We need to worry about what's going on right now. But, like, like I'm not going to agree or disagree with that statement. I'm just saying shit's fucking tense right now, man. It is tense. It's uh, sketchy. Anyway, get on with your fucking shot of whiskey. All man. right, so we're <laughs> uh, Jacob sitting out on the ceremonial shot today. Yeah. Uh, today. I don't, I don't know how mixing opiates and uh, not alcohol is. Yeah, not. <laughs> it's pretty good. fun. No, <laughs> no, it's it's not good. Uh, today we'll be uh, sampling the uh, legendary Duke brand of bourbon. I don't know if I'm saying that right. Guy at the store recommended it, so I bought it. So we're gonna take a Duke. We are. <laughs> He said it's a good sipping whiskey on bourbon. Yeah, smooth. <laughs> no, it really is, though. Yeah, it kind of is. I mean, I don't... I'm fucking, <laughs> but it's also kind of not. I mean, I don't know bourbon at all. Hmm. That is good, though. You know what's funny? Uh, when I was in Florida a couple years back in 2017 mm-hmm. on my motorcycle trip, you can go back to episode, I think, five and listen <laughs> to that story. Uh, maybe four. But uh, One of them. Yeah, it was an episode. Yeah. Anyway, uh, when I was there, like we pretty much, I was drinking like every day when I was in Florida. So you know, we were just trying to have a good time and fuck off and whatnot. And so uh, anyway, one night we went to a bunch of bars and drank. And I we we go to this one bar and it's real dark in there. And you know, I start drinking. This is the first bar we went to, and I'm I'm drinking and I have I'm like two drinks down. I'm I'm pretty tipsy, you know. Got a heavy buzz coming on. And, and then uh, this girl gave me a free shot of bourbon while we were there. And uh, I was like, hell yeah, I'll take it. What? Why not? You know, when in Rome. <laughs> and so so I, I take this shot of bourbon and I'm like, wow, that's not even strong. That's sweet. And she's like, yeah, it's super good. And and I I drank it. And then ever since then. Is that how she said I've it? had kidney <laughs> problems. <laughs> ever since then i uh i've always told people man i love bourbon it's sweet it tastes great but ever since we started this podcast every time we take a sip of something it's usually bourbon or whiskey and every bourbon that we've tried so far it just fucking ruins my throat and i am not good so uh yeah maybe maybe that was just like some super sweet bourbon or something like that i don't know there's a whole bunch of different bourbons yeah but it was like really sweet it was like it it was like sweet tea sweet Hmm. not like same taste as sweet tea but like it was like that sweet maybe she just said it was bourbon (laughs) just gave me a sip of sweet tea just gave you some tea (laughs) (laughs) stupid drunk white boy (laughs) it's just some apple juice (laughs) oh my god i love bourbon oh my god oh my god it's so dry (laughs) (laughs) i love alcohol people were just yeah, anyway <laughs> all right well we want to dive in here let's do it okay so we're gonna start off talking about the history of the cia so we're gonna talk about some precursors of the cia so before the cia there was the oss the office of op can't talk office of secret services but before them now was that a U.S. installation? Yeah. Okay. Installation. Office. 
Yeah. Okay. It wasn't it. It was a U.S. office. Now we did have intelligence <laughs> agencies, but those were, you know, usually the intelligence agency of the army. Uh, I I can't remember the right. I kind of actually went that. into the, the intelligence agency of the army. Let me see if I can pull it up. Pull it up real quick. Okay. While you're pulling that up, uh, I'll mention a few things about uh, inspiration for the OSS. So during World War II, the U.S. was looking at. Uh, they were looking at what the what the Brits had. So what they had was what we know as MI6. Uh, officially, that's the Secret Intelligence Service. Now, the Secret Intelligence Service... Now, MI6 is still a thing. Yeah, so it it is still a thing. Because um, I, I think people have heard that before. Yeah. Like on TV shows and movies right. and stuff. Right, MI6 is still a thing. Officially, that's not the name of it anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, is it like the SAS or something like SIS. that? SIS. SIS. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, SAS is like special forces, right? Over in like European yeah. special forces. Yeah. I I believe so. I don't know. But sounds right. I'm pretty sure. I don't know, I man. Do. That's what I learned from Call of Duty. So. Mm. <laughs> well, then, yeah, that is, that is correct. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, just a little bit of background on the SIS. Uh, they started... In 1909, uh, again, they went through through their inception in 1909. They went through a lot of different names, but they did become officially known as the Secret Intelligence Service in 1920. So uh, they were used quite heavily in World War One. Um, one example from World War One: there was a spy network known as La Dame Blanc. Blanche. I don't know if I'm saying that right. Probably not. Uh, but they. They op- they were a group that operated operated. Man, I cannot talk. Was that a French group? Um, yeah, it was. Okay. Yeah, I don't know what it translates to. What mm. gave it away? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I don't know. But they operated <laughs> operated inside of Germany. Uh, not not inside Germany. Sorry, they operated inside of Belgium. All right, Come which on. was occupied by the Germans. <laughs> Get it together. Uh, but What's they provided on? intelligence on the German troop movement. Uh, the group was, uh, there were about 800 people, mostly women. Uh, they had to transfer information very carefully. One such method would involve women hiding uh, documents with inside inside the whale bones of their corsets. That's just the ribs. Right, right. Um, I, I want to give a little side note here. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if you played the... Uh, um, God damn! I'm gonna bring up Call of Duty a lot. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, you are. Uh, <laughs> did you play the uh, Did you play the uh, campaign to World War Two? Call of Duty World War Two. I played maybe half of it. It was good. It was a great yeah. campaign. Um, but anyway, one of the missions is where you are with with uh, French resistance officers, and then you're also one of the ladies is part of that. Le- Whatever it is, Ladon Blanche. Ladon Blanche. Yeah, yeah okay, I don't a, know if I'm she's not, it, saying that right. Anyway, it's it's a really good spy mission and um, talks a little bit about her. It's it's interesting. I th- yeah, I think I I think I played that one at least. You're like sneaking what are you through doing? the Nazi base. Oh, okay. <laughs> but uh, anyway, anyway, <laughs> c- continue. Anyway, so they provide they provide a lot of information on the troop movements. So the British Intel Service, uh, at the time known as the Secret Service Bureau, uh, they were looking at that. That was very helpful. And eventually they took charge of that. Now, another example of the SIS being useful was during World War II. 
So there was there there's a lot. I mean, they, there's there's so much. We're not talking about the we're not talking about MI6 though. So this is the last we're going to hear about it. <clears throat> uh, but there was the Alliance Network, and again, this is during during World War II. My mouth will not cooperate. Uh, but the Alliance Network, they operated inside of occupied France. It was led by Marie Madeleine Fourcade. Uh, the network involved, it had 145 agents by August 1942. They provided British military with intel on those damn krauts, German troop movements, order of battle, and secret weapons. So, now, just real briefly on the... Uh, on the name MI6, there there were several military intelligence groups, right? But that's where the name comes from. MI military intelligence. They were right. one of them. There was MI5, MI1, MI2. So well, what's so the forth. number for? That's the that's just a group. That's what version there. There's at? different okay. groups. So oh, okay. MI6 was the sixth group providing intelligence. Right. Okay. Yeah, that's all. Um. Uh, so can I get into Army CIC for a second? Yeah. Okay. Um, Army CIC was kind of like a World War II <coughs> and Cold War intelligence agency within the U.S. Army, obviously, consisting of like highly trained special agents. Uh, the CIC was basically started to kind of help win World War II by us spying on the Germans. Right. Getting information. Um, the damn crowds. The damn crowds. You know, uh, <clears throat> anyway, I just wanted to throw that in there because we might, we're probably going to bring up the Army CSC a little bit. Okay. Out here with uh, Operation Paperclip. Operation Paperclip. So. Good operation. Uh, <laughs> I wouldn't say it was good. I think it was an lear- operation. W- uh, I think we learned about it. I think we learned a lot. <laughs> we did. From it. But, uh, a lot of people learned a lot from it. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of people learned a lot from it. Yeah. Now, regarding the SIS, Frankie D. Roosevelt, he was really jealous. He was as jealous. Old Frank. Old Frank. Old FDR. <laughs> but he was really... Old, old Jelly Frank. Old, old Messy Legs. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> too, too soon? <laughs> too soon. <laughs> so, with, as, old, as he's... <laughs> Oh, goofy legs. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, rubber leg, Roosevelt. <laughs> They're just going wherever, man. <laughs> Good Lord. Good Lord. So, he's looking at the SIS during World War II, and he's like, man, we, we really need something like this. So, again, I mean, there were... Th- we did have intelligence agencies. Right, just not like one one singular connected intelligence agency for the country right and that was kind of a problem i mean so let's see going back to 1929 then secretary of state henry stimson his uh his commentary on the separate intelligence agencies were quote gentlemen don't read each other's mail (laughs) now during world war time what like well we're fighting the same battle. <laughs> yeah. The army's got intelligence we don't have, but we're but we're not going to ask what they have cuz that's uh not gentlemanly. So let me um this is going to I'm going to go into a, just Chivalristic. a slight side it, it, note. Seriously. Regarding that entire idea of not wanting to read you don't read a, a gentleman doesn't read another man's 
male, right? Uh-huh. So a lot of explanation for the reason that um, 9-11 happened from a lot of the agencies is like the FBI and the CIA were both like, we had intelligence on these, you know, on these people, on these insurgents, and the information was out there. We knew they were doing this, but the information wasn't being transferred between agencies. Mm-hmm. And that's what they that's what they said. A lot of the reason is why nine sure. eleven happened. And granted, that's there's a there's a there, that could be fucking ten episodes of nine eleven by itself. We yeah. could go way into that, but that oh, I just yeah. wanted to throw that in there just because it was relevant. Well, but. and and I mean, we're going to be talking about. I mean, th- this goes way before 9-11 sure yeah um but there were new agencies implemented in order to consolidate the information right, right. all these intelligence services yep. are collecting and it just still doesn't happen yep um, still to this day it doesn't happen yeah yeah it's just it, just inefficiency which um, is disappointing considering the money that's funneled into the u.s government for funding it's but anyway all the money funneled in anyway <laughs> what about that funneled money dude <laughs> i don't know what's going on with the old mouth today <laughs> we're just so happy and excited to be recording finally i, I guess <laughs> i don't know long time. anyway so moving on uh fdr he charged a man named william j donovan with developing an agency similar to what the british had uh, W.J. Donovan was a lawyer, businessman. He had served in World War One, collected intelligence on foreign affairs, and was otherwise involved in politics. We could actually probably do a podcast on him, but in any case, uh, this guy had actually ran against FDR to become governor of New York. Really? He was on the Republican line. FDR was a Democrat. Right. Um, uh, Donovan lost, but... These two guys, they did end up becoming friends, so uh, because of that, uh, he did eventually get appointed coordinator of information on July 11th, 1941. He submitted what's called the Memorandum of Establishment of of Service of Strategic Information. What a mouthful. (laughs) Jesus. Um, but through this, it, this was this was the foundation for what's going to become the Office of Strategic Service, which was established on June thirteenth, nineteen forty-two. And their purpose is, I mean, pretty obvious. Uh, they're going to collect and analyze information. Um, they work with the Joint Chiefs, Chiefs of Staff, which had, you know, in like for better explanation, I mean, that's kind of like a, just the military tribunal of the u.s and they were established during world war ii as well Mm -hmm. yeah there was something similar before that but uh the j jcs was established during world war ii anyway um so they carried out a lot of different operations during world war ii uh the oss was uh initially supported by the british sis since that's what they were based off of. Sure. So we had a lot of support from the Brits. Um, they're op- the OSS, Operation of Strate- Office of Strategic Service, um, their operations would include, but they were not limited to, training, supplying, and coordinating <sighs> resistant movements in Axis-controlled areas, training Germans and Austrians for missions inside of Germany, 
propaganda, propaganda warfare, spying, sabotage, typical spy stuff that you would think of. Sure, yeah. During this time, and man, we just really need to do an episode on the Cold War at some point. Mm -hmm. I, I love the Cold War. I like, I, it just, I, I think I like the romanization of the Cold War, like James Bond stuff, spy stuff. Yeah, for sure. Um, it's just fun. And there's, you know, some of the James Bondies kind of stuff, stuff like that was made. Right, so, right, yeah. So, uh, in this case, we had the OSS develop things such as suppressed pistols. Mm -hmm. They developed explosives disguised as coal. Really? Uh -huh. Oh, wow. Um, I don't have this written down, but they, they developed... Uh, it was an explosive powder, and they would mix it in with, uh, at the time, Aunt Jemima's pancake mix. <laughs> but so, <laughs> so you could you could still cook with it. It was this incendiary powder, but you could still cook it. Um, you could make muffins. You could make cookies out of it. Now I read a couple. Probably different... not edible. But <laughs> well, so so on that note, I read it. I've read a couple different things. I've I've read a few accounts of of. Uh, agents cooking it and then eating cookies in front of, in front of other people saying, yeah, this is fine. But I also read accounts where people uh, uh, would do that and they would get sick. They wouldn't die. But the <laughs> fact is that you could make a muffin, you could make pancakes, you could make whatever. And you it wouldn't make whatever explode kinda, in the oven? What did you say about it? No. Yeah, no. It. Uh, huh. Yeah, cooking it, heating it up wasn't going to make it explode. Hmm. It, the conditions had to be right. Yeah. But yeah, make a make a tray of muffins man the muffins are the bomb <laughs> but they really were oh my god okay that was a horrible <laughs> fucking yes! joke there's one <laughs> got one uh, uh they had cameras disguised as matchboxes poison tablets potassium. in world war Two. yeah they had cameras yeah disguised as matchboxes yeah really yeah dude when you re so here's here's the that's wild to me the inter interesting thing about technology is um, there's this old adage. Uh, it's a country w will go where it, where its military will go. Sure. So, uh, in or this technology case, progresses with its military. Yeah. 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 I mean, so and then a it lot trickles of this, into the that, common that's fold. right. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like Which is exactly what's happened with America. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, that's where we've internet. That, yeah, yeah. The internet. That's where we got the internet. Yeah. Arpanet. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you can say that about any country and any kind of technological advancements they've had. Right. Um, the or the military's going to have it first. Yep. Um, if it can be weaponized. Now you can get that shit on Amazon. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. If it can be weaponized, the military's going to do it. Yep. Uh, they had cigarettes laced with uh, tetrahydrocannabinol. So, oh. Really? people high? Yeah. THC. Uh-huh. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Wouldn't that just be called joints <laughs> well later <laughs> later on it would be <laughs> yeah but at the time it was marijuana cigarettes <laughs> <laughs> marijuana now there's uh i didn't write this down since i sent this draft to you um i wanted to keep keep this this thing a secret mm -hmm. the oss also developed something a product called who me so <laughs> this product okay. It was. I've read a couple of different accounts on it. It, it was ultimately a failure, mm. but it was the substance that smelled like diarrhea. 
<laughs> okay. So, and so instantly off-putting. Yeah. So in in both uh in both theaters of war mm-hmm. in the Pacific and uh European in, yeah, the European theater people would try to sneak up on the Germans and the Japanese. Uh this was distributed amongst Japanese children. Uh, not, not, I mean, uh, Chinese children, and they would be encouraged to sneak up on Japanese troops and spray this on them. And so the <laughs> I, <laughs> so, so they smelled bad. <laughs> so, so the idea. I mean, when we think about the cultures of Germany in in Japan, uh-huh. they're a rather uptight people. Yeah, um, they're prone to shame. And so the idea here was just to destroy morale by making the troops <laughs> smell like shit. That's, that's the hilarious. Problem <laughs> the problem that's was, awesome. they, I mean, they tried it out. Yeah. But like in, in the European front, uh, so they, they would try to get close to, to a German. They'd, they'd try to spray it on them. And the wind would blow it back on them, and so they ended up smelling like shit. So I think it lasted something uh, like two weeks. Oh, really? Yeah, that's it didn't, funny. It didn't last long. That's hilarious. Who me? Who me? Yeah. <laughs> but just imagine the imagine the meeting on that getting approved. <laughs> das Scheit had to be presented. <laughs> das Scheiße. Das Shame. <laughs> So by the end of the uh, at the end of World War II, the OSS was dissolved on September twentieth, nineteen forty five, with the signing of Executive Order nine six twenty one. Events leading up to the war and the success of the OSS demonstrated a need for an overhaul of military foreign intelligence. The eightieth Congress of the United States prepared the National Security Act of nineteen forty seven and went into effect on September eighteenth, nineteen forty seven, after Truman signed it. The act did the following. It merged the Departments of Army, then known as the Department of War, and Navy into the National Military Establishment headed by the Secretary of Defense. It also created the Department of the Air Force, which separated the Army Air Force into its own service. Right. When we talked a little bit about that in Area 51. Mm-hmm. Uh, it recognized the Marine Corps as its own service, remaining under the umbrella of the Navy, established the National Security Council, and established the Central Intelligence Agency. Now, before we get into uh, this, how the CIA is structured, there's there's a few things that have happened uh, between 1947 and now that have have affected how the CIA is structured. Um, so we have Executive Order uh, 12, 12333 titled United States Intelligence Activities. This was signed on December 4th, 1981 by President Reagan. Per the order, the objective of 12333 was, quote, the United States intelligence effort shall provide the president and the National Security Council with the necessary information on which to base decisions concerning the conduct and development of foreign foreign defense and economic policy and the protection of United States national interests from foreign security threats. All departments and agencies shall cooperate fully to fulfill this goal. So this order formed what it, what's referred to as the United States intelligence community. So this is a group of 17 organizations 
I'm not going to name all of them, but it includes the Defense Intelligence Agency, the Coast Guard Intelligence, National Reconnaissance Office, the Office of Terrorism and Financial Intelligence, and the CIA. Sure. Yeah. But does that also include the FBI? No. 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 Okay. No. Um, now, in response to the September 11th, 2001 attacks against the United States, Congress wrote up the Intelligence Reform and Terrorism Prevention Act. President George W. Oh, President George W. Strategery Bush signed it on December seventeenth, <laughs> two thousand four. Why strategery? So is Will Farrell? It's, it's George W. Bush, man. Strategery. I don't remember that, man. He made up a lot of fun words. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know that. I didn't know strategery was one of them. It sure was. <laughs> okay. I thought that was just a Will Farrell thing on Saturday Night Live. Yeah, well, actually. maybe maybe it was, but so yeah, maybe it would maybe be it Al wasn't. Lockbox. But gore. he he just he did say a lot of really funny stuff. Yeah. Um. So what the Intelligence Reform and Terrorism Prevention Act did uh, first and foremost, it laid the groundwork for the TSA to fuck with people traveling via air with the ensuing development of the Secure Flight Program. Mm-hmm. So that's why we have such a fuck of a problem getting through airports now. Getting on planes. And, yeah. 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 We have, we, you know, I have my bag searched because I have a fan in my bag. My God. That guy. That, have you been on a plane? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. For some reason, I thought you haven't been on a plane before. Oh, I don't like him. That's probably why. <laughs> that's probably why you thought I didn't. When, where'd you Where'd you go on a plane to? Oh, Florida and Colorado <laughs> several times. Oh, okay. In the sky. Okay. <laughs> a few times. <laughs> okay. Not to the ground. <laughs> well, that's well, safely. <laughs> anyway, uh, back on track now. Uh, the IRTPA also created a new cabinet-level office, the Director of National Intelligence. The director oversees the 17 members of the intelligence commu- community, advises the President of the United States, and Homeland Security Council. <sighs> To aid the DNI, the Office of the Director of National Intelligence was also formed with the IRTPA. So we have level upon level upon level now. Because this is going to make everything a lot better. God. (laughs) So it functions to integrate foreign military and domestic intelligence for the security and defense of the United States and its international assets. Bureaucracy. Bureaucracy, yeah. (laughs) And the wheels of bureaucracy are the... Sometimes, I mean, you know, it's not a bad thing, mm-hmm. but it's it's not efficient. <laughs> no, it's not <laughs> always efficient. Usually, yeah. usually not. Yeah. So, moving on to the CIA, and this is wrapping up this episode. This is wrapping up this episode. Yeah. Uh, how long, how far are we in? I don't know. We'll find yeah, out. Check it. No, Check I wanted it. to be a surprise. <laughs> stop it! I want to stop. Oh, I forgot oh. the pictures. There's Will. There's They're Wild Bill Donovan. Eggs. Wild Bill. Yeah, uh, there's the OSS emblem. Uh, there's a spade. There's, there's uh, some. You guys guy. can't see this, and I'm very sorry. No, it's okay. They can. They can look. Oh at the my pictures god. Of people. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so real quick before. Diving into the different directorates of the CIA, uh, the director of the CIA, he used to 
uh, he used to be the one that would inform the president uh, before the formation of DNI. Right. Um, so that's about it. That's about it on that. He used to inform the president, but now the uh, <laughs> <laughs> but now, now he does the, it. Now the director the of national intelligence does it. All right. <laughs> yeah. He did. Yeah. Now we don't. Yeah. Pretty much. So with the CIA, it's it's structured like how a lot of different things are, how businesses are structured, sure, how yeah. different cabinets are structured. Are there seven levels to the CIA as far as like clearances go? There's clearances. Uh, I didn't read anything on that. I mean, there's going to be a lot of clearances for sure. Sure, yeah. Uh, but I I didn't dive too deep. For some it. reason, like that that stands out to me. But, yeah, uh, I mean, it could be, but could I mean, there's, there's, yeah, I mean, there's certainly going to be a lot of security you got to go through. Right, right. Um, so the CIA, it's, it's broken down into four different directorates. So you have the Directorate of Support that was formerly known as the Directorate of Administration, and they provide typical business administration things they provide sure. training for people mm -hmm. uh, typical housekeeping functions uh it security so forth sure yeah so nothing too exciting there you have the directorate of science and technology those are the science people r d people mm -hmm. um you know if, if we're talking james bond stuff uh what is it q yeah q that's that's what that department does you have the Directorate of Analysis. Uh, they do just that. They, they analyze. Analyze, they analyze the information, process the intelligence gathered. Uh, the president's daily briefs used to be made within that directorate, mm. but that also went over to, to the Director of National Intelligence. Gotcha. Now, the Directorate of Operations. This is what we all think of when we think CIA. The juicy stuff. Yeah, this is the quote-unquote spies, mm -hmm. um, people conducting, uh, uh, encouraging coups in other countries, destabilizing governments. Gotcha. Um, all that fun stuff. Yeah. Now, spy, they obviously don't refer to themselves as spies. They're op operations officers. Right. Uh, but Covert they, operatives. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Uh, they gathered the intelligence. Their operations include the Special Activity Center, the SAC, which is responsible for covert and paramilitary operations. The Special Operations Group, the SOG, is within SAC. They perform highly secretive missions, those of which the U.S. cannot have its name tied to. <laughs> I wonder why. <laughs> hmm... So if we played uh, Call of Duty Black Ops, uh, yeah, yep. yeah, yeah, so MAC SOG. God, dude. So SOG, they're usually made up of former special operation forces like Green Berets, SEALs, etc. Right. And then you also have the Political Action Group, the PAG of the SAC. They're responsible for psychological operations, economic warfare, cyber warfare, and political mm -hmm. influence. Okay. So. Again, director of operations. That's what we think of when we think CIA. Okay. We don't. We don't think of people, you know, running the, sh you know, running the program. We don't think of uh, IT security and all that crap. Right. No, we think of governments collapsing, 
people getting fucked with otherwise, <laughs> all yeah. that fun stuff. Yeah. Now I had a, uh, I did have a small section on the recruitment. How do people get into the CIA? Sure. So you can go to CIA.gov so and fill out an application. <laughs> <laughs> I've I've looked into this before and I've listened to people talk about it. Um, like for for instance, I listened to uh, what um, what's his name talk about it. Uh, Edward Snowden. Mm-hmm. He talks about his recruitment into the CIA and and how he got in there. But it's just it's interesting. It's interesting. Sure. Yeah. Well, but what about? I mean, I, well, I, a I lot of times they uh, like, like obviously you you go through it's it's a significant process. Yeah. That you go through to to become to end up working inside of the CIA, mm. and so much more for if you're going to become a covert operative, like you got to be the best of the fucking best mm. to get to be to get into a position like that. Like people think like like oh you you got just going to work for the CIA like. It's not how it works. You, you you have to be top of your class in fucking everything. Well, but that also basically, but it also. I mean, it's going to depend on. It's it's like any job. I mean, depending sure. what are you going to go at? Well, I mean, yeah, okay, depending depending on what you're doing in the CIA. Right. Yeah, what I'm talking about is like like for covert like operations. Yeah, operations yeah. and stuff like that. You are like you're you've got to be the best of the fucking best. You got to be the the smartest well, of the smartest. You know, which, it's, which is why, yeah. I mean, if you're for a, if you're for very out of the specific gray, yeah, 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 you're probably going to be approached. Right, right, yeah. But anyway, it's 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 just interesting. It's, it it's, it is uh, interesting. It's cool. Yeah, and yeah, like you said, the uh, interview process it it can definitely be. Uh, let's see, her name is uh, Valerie Plame. She's uh, um, she was. Uh, in the director of the operations, uh, I believe she was the director of operations at one point. But whenever she, uh, she whenever she was being interviewed, uh, she was explaining one of one of the questions asked to her over months of of all these interviews. Mm-hmm. Um, they would throw scenarios at her, and her explanation of it was they were really looking for you know out on one hand out of the box. Uh, explanations but also you know what what's going to make sense right and one of her examples was uh, she was asked okay so you're meeting with a contact in the hotel room and mm-hmm. there's a knock on the door and it's likely the police what do you do and she said well i'll start taking my clothes off because why other reason is a man and a woman in the hotel room oh shit so oh that damn. was a good answer <laughs> oh my god Damn, dude. Yeah. Fuck. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> that's crazy. But anyway, so that's uh that's a brief overview of uh the history, the uh the uh inspiration for the CIA. Sure. And a little bit on the structure of it. So Right. Not not too much exciting stuff. Yeah, it, it's basic stuff. Just yeah. going over. Um Who is fun? Right. Now in these next couple of episodes <laughs> And these next couple of episodes is where we're going to get into kind of the juicy stuff that everyone thinks of when they think of the CIA. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. But uh, so that that's that's kind of why we wanted to break it up into two or three episodes. You know, we wanted to give that first episode just to give you the background and what you need to know before we give you this nightmare fuel that we're about to give you. <laughs> so. It's going to ease it in. <laughs> yeah. I don't think there's any good way to ease in human experimentation, though. So, but just do no, it. Yeah, just get into it, man. Just get into it. Yeah. 
Just let him know. It wasn't that bad. Yeah, it was. Only <laughs> there were only a few lives that were ruined. Yeah, it doesn't matter. <laughs> it was worth it. It wasn't. Oh, uh, here's some pictures, real quick. Let's see some pictures. Director yeah. of sport. Yeah, that's their little uh, their little badge. Little eagle. Yeah. Yeah. Director of science and T S and T. That's all we got. All right. All right. Well, thanks for listening. Thank you so much. We appreciate it. Hey, check out these next couple episodes. You guys are going to love them. Appreciate yeah. it. Hey, going to be a lot more fun. Uh, like, uh, subscribe on everything. You know where you know what we're on. If you're listening right now, you already know what to listen on to. Uh, but check us out on Spotify, Apple, and YouTube. Uh, that's the main ones that we're we're on. So check us out. Love you guys. Thank you. Bye. Bye. See ya.